You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. Just in time. Is this crossover going to prove that Luaxana Troy is a good character? (laughs) Alan Seiler. Luaxana Troy does not need any proof that she's a good character. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And Veronica Daschle. Hi. And we're joined by a special guest this week from Discussing Trek, Clarence Brown. Welcome back to the show, Clarence. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for inviting me here. Glad to be here. I'm the one carrying Luxana's bags. That's me. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so in so case, you speak once every 10 episodes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so in case the theme is, is, is not lost, this is our crossover episode. And... Mm-hmm. We have our own crossover. Clarence is crossing over from discussing Trek into EST, right? Yes. That's exciting. Yeah. It's always such a pleasure to have you with us, dude. You're so awesome. Uh, Again, thanks for inviting me and can't wait to chop it up with you guys. (laughs) All right. All right. Before we get into it, we've got a a couple bit of news. They had just made some Star Trek Day announcements uh, just today. So I've got the news here that there's going to be a Star Trek Day streaming special hosted by Jerry O'Connell. And they say, a salute to the franchise. The special program will include segments that look back at memorable moments over the past 57 years, commemorate 50 years of Star Trek animation, pay tribute to Star Trek Discovery ahead of its final season, provide an exclusive sneak peek from the upcoming fourth season of Star Trek Lower Decks, and commemorate many other moments that highlight Star Trek's legacy. And there is a, there's a little teaser um, with Jerry O'Connell, which, as, a, as someone who grew up loving sliders, I'm just thrilled that jerry o'connell i said growing up i was a teenager but still i love sliders and i'm thrilled that jerry o'connell's a star trek character now i love sliders too especially like beef ones i like chicken ones too (laughs) (laughs) i go back i'll see myself out (laughs) right i go back to jerry i'm sorry i go back to when jerry o'connell played the the super the superhero back my secret identity my secret identity, yeah, right? right? So it is amazing <laughs> to think about him coming forward. He's the last person I would have thought of for Star Trek Day. Right. And then we had some news about the we 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 talked before on the show about the the, the animation celebration and lower decks theater screenings. And they say this Star Trek Day commemorates the 50th anniversary with an with an evening of cartoon comedy, including four specially selected episodes of the hit animated series Star Trek Lower Decks. Fans can attend these exclusive free promotional screenings and experience the brand new season of Star Trek Lower Decks on the big screen. The day is jam-packed with sneak peeks and surprises, free concessions, giveaways, and more. This is a can't-miss event for longtime fans of Star Trek and adult animation across the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. And by across the America, they mean in like four different select cities. Right. Yes. Like, wow. Nothing in the South. The thing is Dallas, Texas. Right. Which makes no sense because I I mentioned in our Facebook group, I grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and the science fiction credentials at Atlanta are greater. I don't know why we got skipped. 
Yeah. 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 On the other hand, I mean, it's with it being a free screening again, then I would feel like I have to try to get in. And it was such a headache the last time. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm okay. I'll watch it on TV. I would love to go see it in theater, but I don't want to go through. I want the swag. That's all I want. Yeah. That would be nice, but I don't I want free concessions. Right? We didn't get, well, I guess we get free popcorn, yeah. Yeah. I just don't want to jump through all the hoops that we would jump through the last time. I, I wish they would just put it in theaters and just charge me yeah. 10 bucks to go see it. I'll go see I, it. Exactly. You know, that's what Doctor Who used to do, like, for right. years when they would mm. do, like, big premieres, whether so it be for a DVD yeah. release or for a new season launch. They would mm. do that, and they would charge, like, a regular ticket amount. And that's a mm-hmm. that's a revenue stream. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I'm very appreciative of them willing to do this free event, but I'm totally willing to buy a ticket to this. I mean, right. I, I will give you my money. The and not get the free stuff than not be able to do it at all. Right. Yeah. And last time I feel like I paid for it in time and headache. <laughs> what I didn't pay for. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we also discussed in our Facebook group about, the glaring lack of prodigy being mentioned in all of this. Yes. Yeah. It's a celebration yeah. of Star Trek animation and one yeah. third of the Star Trek animated series are not being <laughs> represented. <laughs> Paramount, the place where all seems Trek, except right. for prodigy. <laughs> Almost. Yes. It's been a race from history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless we need a tax write off. Yes. Mm. All right. Well, yeah. And on that note, like hashtag save Star Trek prodigy. So. so <laughs> I don't want yes. to. <laughs> All right, Keith, you got some This Week in Trek this week? Yeah, a couple of real quick ones. This first one is for Veronica. On the twenty, the 20th of August, 1987, first day of filming for this race was taking place. This was the new big bad race for the next generation. You know where we're going. <laughs> well, it's it's the short bad race. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this was the episode The Last Outpost. And this was the first film, the day, first day of filming and costuming for the Ferengi, mm. who were written as being the big bad, the new Klingons, the new Romulans for right. the TNG crew. And they showed up with furry costumes and electro whips. And they <laughs> crouched. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work too well. And they right. crouched in really strange, over-the-top villainous things, and they made strange well, It's almost like uh, they were working on their Gollum impersonations. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it did not work. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. You know, mm-hmm. the first episode that we saw, you know, they, they portrayed themselves as being big, larger-than-life things because they would magnify what they show on your view screen. But then when yeah. you actually meet them... They, even though they're smaller in stature, they still could have been imposing, but they played them off like a little comedy, like a pack of rats running around. And I thought that was a (laughs) real, like the first time you introduce a new villain, don't undermine them in the very same episode. Yes. They ruined the Ferengi and thank goodness for DS9 for rehabilitating Mm -hmm. what should have been all along a really, really strong and interesting race. Yeah, right. I agree, yeah. Alan. And not to speak ill of the great bird of the galaxy, but people know that Gene Roddenberry was, um, well, let's just say he was fond of the ladies. And one of the unfortunate things with the, with the Ferengi was the first time they saw a human female, which was Natasha Yar, they started that whole thing about you force your, women's to, your women to wear clothes. So <laughs> that became an, an unfortunate thing that, as you said, Alan, they corrected finally in Deep Space Nine in a way that was logical, given what they laid out for them. Yeah, if they had stayed that way, then I would 
um, I have a problem with that. But I, I like that that gave them an opportunity to grow the Ferengi and the Ferengi culture and allow an, an evolution yeah. over the course of the years that we watched them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Two how more was the re- quick ones. How, how was the reaction cards? to that when it came out for somebody who was watching it when it was actually airing? In the 80s. Was the reaction I, to the Ferengi bad? I will, well, kind of. I will say, and I, you know, mm-hmm. there was no internet at the time. And, you know, so I'm only mm-hmm. judging by me and the, the group of friends that I watched the show with. Mm-hmm. The, you first get that mention of them in the very first episode. And they're, they're mentioned kind of like this shady threat, you know, yes. the Ferengi are out there somewhere, you know, uh-huh. and you're like, Ooh, who are these Ferengi? And then you finally see them in the last outpost and they seem imposing. And then at the end, when they're just running around, like, <laughs> I don't know, man, I was like, <laughs> Ferengi. what? <laughs> it, but I'll yes. tell you another thing is though, I really, really liked the, the, the laser whip thingy. Oh yeah. So 80s. So 80s. Yeah. 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 They were, they were a joke. I was watching from uh, the first premiere in TNG and and they were a joke. And as Alan said, with no internet, the conversations for me were in the comic book shop and Mm -hmm. everybody, everybody was laughing about those goofy aliens with with the, (laughs) the fur and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, on next to another quick one. This is just a legacy thing on the 22nd of August, 1967. And it's amazing. We talk all the time. Who knew? Uh, a couple of things that were unusual. This was a spec script that came in from somebody not associated with Star Trek. And who knew 1967 was the first day of filming on The Trouble with Tribbles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, ironically, an episode that Gene Roddenberry kind of sort of hated because Gene Roddenberry didn't believe that Star Trek should have humor in it. And there you go. <laughs> he was wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, creators know their property better than anyone, but that doesn't mean that they're right about everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Funny, some of the, the criticisms that uh, people have had or that Gene Rodbray had of Star Trek, the original series season two, I've heard mm-hmm. people of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, that there's too many gimmick episodes, too many comedic yes. episodes, too many, <laughs> you know, let's get to the real serious Star Trek. Uh, so, I mean, that 50 years later, 57, 56 years later, people are still having that debate with how silly should it be? How serious should it be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, um, absolutely. A, a related comment really quickly. I uh-huh. think based on previous comments that this is Dan Lecky, who's mm-hmm. commenting all the way from Scotland. And he says the introduction of the Ferengi being mentioned first before being seen was sort of a parallel with how the Ferengi mentioned the Dominion first in DS9 mm-hmm. before the Dominion ever ever showed up. So that's a really good point. I had never really thought about that before. Yeah. I would say the Dominion had a better payoff. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) A little bit. we should do a, one, a show one day for the lamest big bads in Star Trek, even if it's one-off, <laughs> because there'll be a fight between the first Ferengi and the Kazon. Thank Voyager. you. Kazon will right. take it because they're dumb. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and the last thing this week is kind of a sad note, because who knew? Jonathan Frakes said, who knew? On the 23rd of August, night 2021, not all that long ago, final filming on what people thought was the fourth of six or seven seasons was completed, and that was Star Trek Discovery. Okay. Mm-hmm. They they mm-hmm. wrapped season four, and back in the day, as the people remember, Star Trek series other than Enterprise used to last seven seasons. I've read interviews with Jonathan Frakes recently and um, Sonequa Martin-Green, who were saying, who knew that the fifth season was going to be their last season? So this is a bittersweet yeah. thing. Looking back, they wrapped filming on that fourth season, thinking more to come. 
and only one to come. Mm. And the you're yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's a good reminder that I mean nothing's guaranteed. You know, it seems right. like Star Trek's on top of the world and then yeah. it's well it's not. <laughs> you know, the yeah. bean counters will come <laughs> with, a, with a different idea. Yeah. yeah. And that's this week in Trek history. All right. Well, if you're listening to the audio podcast, we'll take a quick break right here and promote a fellow ESO Network podcast show. But don't go away, because when we come back, we're going to be talking about the great crossovers in Star Trek history. So stay right there. Pardon the interruption. We'll bring you back to your podcast in just a moment. But first, promo for the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. Here on the ESO Network... Three hosts recommend this podcast. I recommend it. I recommend it. And I recommend it. On the Cosmic Pizza Podcast, it's a slice of life as we discuss literally anything in the universe. Cosmic Pizza Podcast. Here to serve all of your needs. Wednesday, I'm here with you people. It's like wild. No pizzas were harmed in the creation of this podcast. I don't guess we need a spoiler warning this week. Uh, no. No, I think yeah. everything we're talking about is pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, maybe a new, uh, we'll say some potential spoilers for the latest seasons of like Strange New Worlds and Picard. Uh, but if you're up to date with the episodes that have come out, then you should be fine. Yeah. Uh, because we're talking about the great crossovers in Star Trek. Um, and Alan, you, you sort of spearheaded this. You want to kick it off? Um, yeah. So based on season three of Picard and that, incredibly wonderful episode of strange new worlds where we had four characters from lower decks show up two of which crossed over into live action right on the ship right there interacting with our favorite strange new worlds characters i thought it'd be fun to look back at all the times that star trek has done these kind of crossovers Mm. and we've had tons of them and uh, all the way back to encounter at far point and that's twice that that episode has come up in the first 10 minutes of our show that's unusual <laughs> and with uh with mccoy coming on enterprise d and that was basically mm-hmm. the handing of the torch from the old guard to the new guard yeah. and you know giving this new show the heave ho giving it the launch that it deserved and ever since then we've had just a ton of crossovers on every series Right. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of explore some of that stuff and, and talk about our favorites. And we did a poll on our Facebook page and we are going to do a countdown of the top 11 results because there was some ties down at the bottom. And so we have to do 11 instead of 10. So. <laughs> well, do we want to do we want to go through them and by the countdown or do we want to jump out with some favorites? What do you what do you think we should do? You know, that's okay, we can do the countdown and I'll, like each one and talk about. Get our um, opinions as we go. Yeah, sure. Maybe okay. so, with some favorites we have if we have some. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. Absolutely. We don't need to spend too much time on the countdown, and but we'll just do reactions to each one. Okay. Because there's some surprises in this, I will say. <laughs> so coming in at number eleven, because we had a three-way tie at the bottom, and I didn't <laughs> know which way I should, which one I should leave out. So coming in at number eleven is Star Trek Generations, another oh. big handover from. Yeah. The yeah. original series movies oh, to yeah. the next generation movies. And mm-hmm. we have Kirk and Bridge Crew showing up on in this new movie. Yeah. And we've so, talked about Generations quite a bit. Clarence, what did you think about Generations? Uh, very much enjoyable. I loved seeing uh, Guinan play uh, 
pivotal role in mm. that movie. Now, I know there's a lot of flack about what action actually happened to Kirk at the end of the movie. So I don't know how, you know, people are, are feel about that, but it felt kind of weird. It felt like it was almost too much of a rush to get rid of the old and move on to the new. But mm. it was mm. a very well done passing of the baton to a new generation. So, yeah, I thought it was a great movie. Yeah, I would say the only weak part about it was, for, well, first of all, it just seemed like a big TV episode. It didn't seem movie scale to me. But okay. when you call your big threatening anomaly the ribbon, <laughs> no, you better come up with a better name than that. I'm the sorry. Nexus, the Nexus, the ribbon. Yeah. yeah. The, I, 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 go ahead, now, I, Charles. No, go ahead. Uh, I thought it was an okay movie. I think that. The problem with a character like Kirk is it's very hard to do an ending for an iconic hero. Sometimes they fade off in the distance and you don't know what happens to them. Sometimes you don't write their ending. I don't know that killing Kirk, first off, I don't think they should have killed Kirk, but I don't know that killing Kirk off was going to satisfy anybody, maybe, unless he like you know, blew up in a ship. I thought his yeah. death was underwhelming. And then, of course, people point out that, well, given what the Nexus was, you kind of should have been able to resurrect Kirk or prevent him from dying, blah, 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 all that kind of thing. So it was okay. I actually, strangely, the scene I remember, this is crazy, the scene I remember most from that movie is when... It's when William Shatner and Patrick Stewart were riding horses together. Right. Because there was just something about those yeah. two oh, actors yeah. on screen together like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I've said before, I was like 13, 14 when this, episode, when this movie came out. And mm-hmm. I loved it. It was, I mean, it was epic for a young Star Trek nerd. And there's Kirk and Picard together on screen. Yeah. Um, and it was, and it's fitting because like, you know, Picard can't handle Soren, but then Kirk comes in and the old fashioned <laughs> 23rd century, <laughs> put up your dukes, right, <laughs> you know? Man. Picard's a negotiator. You need Kirk to get in there and, and, and handle the fist fight. <laughs> the way you said that, Charles, now I'm thinking of the cowardly liar. You said, put me, dude. And I'm saying, come on, come on. Put him on. Put him on. <laughs> um, our Facebook user, who I still think is um, Dan Leckie, but I'm not entirely sure, <laughs> says, the first draft script of Generations makes for fascinating reading as it includes Spock and McCoy at the start. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And you could tell watching the movie that they just gave their lines to Scotty and Chekhov. Mm. <laughs> right. Especially when was, you get Scotty reading off the techno babble and Chekhov saying, you and you, you've just become nurses. Let's go. Like that. <laughs> they didn't even try changing that dialogue. <laughs> Michael Phillips jumps in and says, one thing I really love about generations is the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I think it's very beautiful, mm-hmm. melancholy and understated, but it doesn't come up much as a fan favorite. Mm. That's a great point. I yeah. love it too. And it that is understated true. and it's not one that really sticks out in my head as like a favorite score, but it is, it's, it's really nice. It is. And that was back when Star Trek movies had their own themes. Um, yeah. And then the most recent films, they seem like they go with the same themes and then build on them, you know? Yeah. Right. Now, what do you guys think about the story element to bring this crossover together? I mean, each of these are going to have that in some form, maybe. But yeah, yeah. here with the Nexus, uh, kind of, if you're a Star Wars fan, world between worlds type thing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, way to bridge the time gap. I, th- mm-hmm. I thought it was decent, uh, yeah. decently done. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, think it's it, fine. It's uh, yeah. a way for Kirk to be in the present day, you know, in the 24th century. And I, I remember there was interviews before him when they're talking about, well, it's not time travel. It's something new. <laughs> yeah. <I> travel. <laughs> There's no way around that. Right. 
It's time travel by riding the Nexus. Yeah. <laughs> like a bucking Bronco. <laughs> the vision. Right. Any last thoughts about generations? Nope. I'm ready for number 10. All right. Well, uh, our Facebook user, Dan Lecky, who I now have been confirmed that it is him asked is uh, prodigy episode Kobayashi in the poll. Well, I have a great news for you. It comes in at number 10. Hey, Prodigy <laughs> Kobayashi, where um, Dahl is taking the Kobayashi Maru. He's trying to learn how to be a starship captain, and he gets help from holograms of past Star Trek dignitaries. Mm-hmm. Spock, Uhura, Scotty, Crusher, and Odo. Yeah. That was so cool. Let's, let's talk about that one, man. That was a... That when was you're watching amazing. the show for the first time, that was a surprise. Oh, yeah. 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 And if you're very familiar with the episodes that they pulled the audio clips from, it's a little distracting, but I think it works because it's (laughs) on the holodeck. If it was like Ambassador Spock showed up and he's reading off random lines from Balance of Terror, (laughs) you'd have like the Carrie Fisher in um, the last Star Wars movie, um, Rise of Skywalker, I guess, um, where it it felt like the, the clips were lifted out of it and they built a scene around it. But I think the fact that it's in the holodeck, I can sort of buy that the holodeck is using, you know, stored audio, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would make yeah. sense. Kind of like the Enterprise finale, <laughs> right? He's <laughs> the holodeck for history. That was a good one, and that continued the the climb. I think we all talked about when Prodigy first came out. There was, you know, varying degrees of it. Seems really like a kiddie show. It seems much more like a Star Wars type show. And that that series, literally episode to episode, got better. Just mm-hmm. Every single episode, it got better. Yeah, so yeah. that was just one on the march of increased quality, and I think I'd say maturity of writing. Mm. Yeah, I remember really right along with Chuck being thrilled. I mean, I didn't know what episodes the clips were pulling from, but I could pull tell they were pulling clips. But mm-hmm. it was it was pretty amazing the way that they pulled those clips and worked them in there and made mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. work <laughs> especially given but that by that point they had recast scotty i mean i mean spock and uhura mm-hmm. like so it'd be real easy to just plug in their new guys and and promote them yeah you know rather yeah, than true. going through the trouble of building a scene around yeah. those clips yeah right. Agreed. right um dan says i love kobayashi because it's got multiple levels and for me has gotten even better with age mm-hmm. okay awesome nice that's nice whole year ish yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right we're ready to move on yeah because yeah. you know we, we will need to spend some time with the top entries right well this is the biggest surprise on the thing for me okay um i'm shocked at how low this came i mean it's still in the top 10 but i'm surprised that picard season three comes this low in the top 10 which has crossovers from all of the next generation cast and the ship and the bridge and everything and side characters like um what's her name from Ensign Rowe or uh, Rowe? Yeah, well, yeah, Ensign Rowe. I was thinking mm-hmm. of you know Elizabeth Denny's character. Oh yeah, Shelby. Shelby, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Plus so, we sorry. got plus we got Tuvok. Yes. yes. I mean, it yes. was a crazy yes. season. Uh-huh. And I thought hugely successful and, and really popular with the fans. So, I mean, there's a lot of great episodes in this list, but I'm surprised that Picard season three, you know? Yeah. I think because it, the, the season felt like it was just an extension of TNG as opposed to a crossover. Right. Um, okay. I think so too. So, 
so because like counting seven of nine is a crossover in Picard for Voyager. It, it, it didn't really seem like a crossover because she's a main character in that series. Right. Um, so I think that's probably what a lot of people were thinking. That's what I was thinking. of looking at the list. And originally mm-hmm. I wasn't even mm-hmm. going to put season three on the list because I do think of them as main characters in that rather than guest characters, you know? Right. So I don't know. I ended up putting it in and I, so I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, Elaine agrees with you. She yeah. says what Veronica said. <laughs> One point, Veronica. Sorry, sorry, Clarence. I didn't mean to catch off. No, no. I was just saying I hadn't even considered um, Picard season three, but to me, like the whole show is like just an extension. But you can count yep. the ships, the old school ships, as kind of being a crossover in mm-hmm. that yeah, uh, series as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. A lot. I was so excited to see the old ships and I was really expecting like the big finale was going to be all the old ships back in service. Holy cow. I would have loved that so much. Right. Yeah. I I still wish they had given us a scene of Jordy with a wrench and oil on his face because (laughs) he's he's been putting that ship together for 20 years and basically the garage. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I was just disappointed. Jordy didn't have to like roll under the, the, the blast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> of course he's what in his late sixties yeah, or something. 70. The blast doors <laughs> yeah. I guess you can't ask a 70 year old actor to yes. do that stuff. But <laughs> we can have a stun double do it. <laughs> All right. Well, here's another surprise I think. And that is coming in at number eight. We have the Voyager, the 100th episode flashback. Mm-hmm. No, that's not the 100th episode. That's the 30th anniversary of the franchise episode. Mm, My bad. Timeless is the 100th. Right. And it didn't make the list. So, sorry. (laughs) So, yeah, we had um, a whole episode basically set on the, uh, on uh, Sulu's ship. And we also got Yeoman. Well, now she's like Commander Rand. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was really nice to see. Yeah. No, it was. And getting George Takei back. Yeah, um, yes. and it's only been a few years since Undiscovered Country, but still, I I think the shame of that is it got upstaged by Trials and Tribulations. Absolutely, yeah. totally. That's exactly yeah. what happened. I think that's it because you're right. Having George Takei there, and this is young Tuvok, correct? Um, yeah, was yeah. on the show. Tuvok, yeah, it, he was having the dreams of being all these different kids and dropping the girl off the cliff. Does anybody yeah. remember the plot of that episode? <laughs> because it's like the least memorable. Yeah. Part of Exactly. Yeah, it, it was some weird virus <laughs> or parasite that right. travels to your brain and was somehow, and it actually could, it actually hides in your memory so that you can't find it. And man, it got right. you're right because at the end, it got it was like going back to cavemen falling off cliffs or something like that. It was <laughs> yeah. wild. Yeah, yeah. I think I think trials and tribulations. I agree with you. I think it 100 stole the air from that sh- that show, which is why it's not remembered better. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's a thrill to get George Takei back and see him in command of the Excelsior. And yeah, like I said, yeah. only a few, like five years after Undiscovered mm-hmm. Country. And mm-hmm. at that time, there were still fans that were clamoring for a Captain Sulu series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm, absolutely. But I also think it gave some justification for Rand. I mean, that's, yes. a, that's a character that I loved from the first half of the first season. And then she got you know dropped off the cliff like the kids did and we never saw her again on the show and that's such a shame because she was a fantastic character and a really good actress and it was great to see her back in action Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah did you like it clarence do you remember that episode yeah i remember it i mean i was here for seeing kind of the flashback and seeing what tuvok was up to back in the day Mm -hmm. and uh, of course the cameo from the characters 
uh, from TOS was was fantastic as well. So yeah, I very much enjoyed it. Enjoyed seeing them. I don't know if I enjoyed the episode so much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's kind of yeah, a I, you get you get Kang in there too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you get a little scene of Michael and Sara playing Kang, captaining a Klingon ship. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, he was the Klingon in the in the in the, in the nebula. Oh, yeah. well, holy yes. moly! No, I gotta watch it Klingon. again. <laughs> my, my favorite Klingon until Martok. Uh, Kang is yeah. Kang is just any excuse to see Kang is welcome. Oh yeah, yeah. agreed on both of those points. <laughs> Kang, great. Martok is the dude as far as yes. Klingons go, man. Right. Yeah. So, All right. so does does Voyager appear on our list again? Because I want to give a shout out if it doesn't. Um, I'm so sorry, but that is the only Voyager mention we have. Okay, and I've got I've got a Voyager one that I want to do too. Yeah, uh, original Bar- uh, Barkley. All the Barkley episodes, he keeps popping up from time to time. Yeah, yeah he's kind of he's kind of the connection back to uh, Federation slash Starfleet headquarters of what's going on. He's yeah. uh, t- he's the heading the project to get Voyager home. Which yeah. you very much see by in game, but uh, I just like having a glue of having him on there. And even um, uh, Troy was on a couple episodes as well yeah. with yeah. Uh, Reggie. Yeah. So she was on um, three of the Reggie episodes. And I'll tell you that first one, Pathfinder, is probably my favorite Voyager episode. Mm. I mean, it makes me cry at the end every single time I watch it. And I've seen it a hundred times and it still makes me cry at the end. <laughs> I mean, it's so dumb, but I just right. love it so much. <laughs> No, it's a, I agree. It's good. And also because Kate Mulgrew is such a consummate actress, she really <laughs> yeah. she sells it, you know, when they and, and when you really sit there and think about the fact that she basically says we're no longer alone, you know, that they can talk to people. It is very emotional because yeah. people back home don't know if they're dead. They yeah. don't know. You know, they still think they're 60 or so years away from getting home. And yeah. it just rekindles hope in a lot of important ways. So it's, it's a very powerful scene. Agreed. And that moment where Admiral Paris talks to his son (sighs) for the first, Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Gets me every time. But yeah, man, those, I love all of those Barkley episodes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then later on, Tom's like, "Hey, Dad, guess what? I got demoted again." Hey, Dad, guess what? I got repromoted again. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. Um. Dan says that the Uhura scene in the flashback script is pretty interesting. I will have okay. to go back and read that. I'm that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's it. Other than uh, he says that it was even, it was a shame of what happened to Grace Lee Whitney that caused her to leave in the first place. Yeah, that's very true. Absolutely. hundred percent. And that's why I feel like it was such a great moment to have her back. You know, because she did little cameos in some of the movies, but this was a, you know, a much more significant role than any of the movie. And so it was just great to see her back in character. I just loved it. Mm-hmm. And people forget because she's typically thought of as just the girl and the love interest for Kirk, kind of, sort of. But people forget um, she also took the helm of the Enterprise in the naked time. Mm-hmm. And so that shows she was more than just a woman in a little skirt. She was actually piloting the ship, which, again, that was a big deal. And that showed the ability. I love that because it showed that anybody on the bridge could do what needed to be done in an emergency. And it's one of the reasons I still love the OS. Everybody's cross-trained. But they did that on Next Gen, too. If somebody, Mm -hmm. if Data got sent on a mission, somebody else filled his spot. Right. Everybody is cross-trained to jump into a position. Right. But, But you know... 
we're getting off topic, I know, but you know, no series since the OS did it as well. When somebody got up from a chair, somebody always sat into that chair like immediately in the OS, yeah. and it never quite did it like that again. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, I think next gen was pretty next good. Gen. When data would get up, you'd have was an extra fan in there yeah. up in his chair. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. to take anything away from the original series. I'm not yeah. saying that. Yeah. But. All right. So number six. Wait, no, no, no. Sorry. Number seven. We have our first next generation entry, and that is Relics. Oh, Relics. Of course. Yeah, yeah man. I, come on. I thought that would have been higher. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, no, Rel- Relics is fantastic. Yeah. And I love so that you, I mean, it's great just to come across Scotty. I love that the way he survived into the future um, is of very course. Scotty. You know, oh, it's yes. very, it's very in with that character. And I love that they they brought back the original transporter effect for the for the beaming in. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's a, it's a good story about a man, you know, it's a parable for growing old. You know, you've, mm-hmm. you've reached a point in his life where he feels not useful anymore. You know, yeah. his, all the things he's learned in his life are now pointless. You know, he's a man out of time. And I think there's a lot of people who get to that age, even if they don't travel into the future, who feel that way. The world has changed so much that all yeah. the, like, I spent my life learning all this stuff. Now it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Wayne says, hey, y'all. And hey, then he also says, it is green. <laughs> <laughs> Data, yeah. Green. Yeah, that's a good episode. The only thing I don't like about the episode is the way Jordy treats Scotty. Mm. Um, he's well, a he's a he's a consummate jerk when he goes off on Scotty and basically tells me he's in its way. And I, and I never understood. It, it's weird because it's out of character for how Jordy was typically portrayed. Right. And to talk to somebody like that, I thought was disrespectful. Of course, he redeemed himself at the end. When he starts telling Scotty, you know, that the old ship, the Janolan, I think it was, could, uh, I think, could outrun the Enterprise at Impulse. And then at the end, it's kind of cool when they're telling stories about how he soured the milk of the power <laughs> feed for that little baby creature in Galaxy right. Child. So I redeemed it. Um, and it is a really great episode. And also, real quickly for me, and Clarence, I want to hear what you think about it. I love the scene because it shows such great subtle acting for Patrick Stewart. When he finds Scotty reminiscing and sad, and he talks about his old ship, and they just kind of bond together over no matter how good your new ship is, it's always that first one that you love. Mm, it's yeah. an awesome scene with uh, James Duhon and Patrick Stewart. Yeah, 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 yeah. For me, I thought it was a very good episode. I love the episode. Mm-hmm. I like the you know again talking about these these reasons that we're bringing these characters mm-hmm. together. I think that was mm-hmm. uh, one of the better ones. And even something, if you're watching Strange New Worlds or any other Trek show, it's kind of a, a thing that's been repeated yeah. Uh, yeah. time and time again. So uh, the transporter buffer thing. So I, I thought that was <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what? I mean, just from a writing standpoint, what a brilliant idea that was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. just yeah. that's just smart. And that was the Absolutely. first time they they tried recreating one of the old ships. You know, I mean, they oh, yeah. they they just created a wedge of it and they sort of cropped it into a clip from the episode. Yeah. But still, I mean, that was the first time, I mean, it's, it happened several times since then that they recreated the original enterprise. But I mean, that was the first time that they did it on screen. And that's, that's, I mean, that alone is, is pretty, they, even though it didn't have carpet, they, they carpeted it to save yeah. money, but <laughs> even so, it's still, it's still great to see. The Facebook yeah. user that I, that I believe is still Dan says it was great to see the original series bridge. Agreed. And 
He loved Scotty's advice to LaForge about increasing repair time estimates to get a reputation as a miracle worker. I've, I, <laughs> I, I love that I, scene. I, I tried to do that at my last job, <laughs> and um, I still underestimate. I, oh. Yeah, I didn't work. I call it Scottying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, how long will this take you, Veronica? Well, it'll probably take me about four hours. Okay, great. And then I'm still not done in four hours. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're doing the math wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Dan says relics clearly inspired Mbinga's use of the transporter buffer. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, moving on up the charts. Number six, we have lower decks. Here all trust nothing. And that is the big DS9 episode. Yeah. That was so exciting. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Holy cow. It was incredible. I I was Rutherford. I was running around screaming, being overly excited. Running along with Rutherford. (laughs) Yeah. And like like when Relics came out, for instance, Mm -hmm. I had just been watching the original series probably a few years myself when I saw it. You know, because that was the, the the time when I was discovering the original series on VHS and watching Next Generation. So mm-hmm. it's a different experience, like with with here I'll trust nothing because I watched DS9 30 years ago, and now to see it, <laughs> you know, come back in some way. Yeah, you know, so you get that thrill of seeing something that is old. <laughs> you know, not just intellectually old, but <laughs> I, I was watching this show in high school, and to have essentially a new episode, you only get two of the original characters on it, but I mm-hmm. mean, it works quite well. It's a very DS9 plot. Yeah, very much. Clarence, what'd you think of it? Uh, uh, I'm aware it's not being the biggest Lord Dex fan, but I will say <laughs> okay. I will say it is a certain amount of nostalgia when you, when you yeah. see the location they went to, and now... For me, I will say that um, they do so many references to older things from the past and lower decks already is when we got this episode, which I should have been ecstatic about, which I was to see Nana Visitor and Armin Shimmer, I think his name, come back. It it just didn't hit me like it mm-hmm. should because they do so many references to old stuff. It was just kind of like another lower decks episode, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Like if next gen, if there was an old character from an old show coming back every week, then yeah, you'd be like, okay, who is it this week? I, I can see that. <laughs> I loved at the end that you find out that Kira and Shax were like fought, fought together in the resistance. Yeah. That I cool. loved that. That is right. cool. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, Clarence, I bet if they'd done the impossible and got Avery Brooks back, you would have loved the episode. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Never say never. <laughs> I'm holding out hope. But yeah. that's like the second coming of Jesus, forgive me, Lord. So. <laughs> of the emissary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, true. Yeah. <laughs> now, there's a plot to bring somebody back in any time, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, Dan had to, I guess, log out and log back in. And so, yes, now we can see who you are. Yeah. You've been and, on um, <laughs> Matt Sweatman says, what's difficult about doing a DS9 crossover is how scattered all the characters are. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a new season or new series set on DS9 with yes. some legacy characters and some new characters to see how the ship is running now. I mean, the station is running now, what purpose it's serving, what the crew is like made up of, you know, newer recruits. And I just think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah I'd settle for a one season show. Oh yeah. 
Well, no, yeah. we would complain about it when it ended. Yes. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> I'm not buying that. Uh, if they told me up front, it's only going to okay. be one season, I'd be okay. Okay. I okay. like that both, I'm sorry, both Quark and Kira had meaningful parts in it because yes. lower decks, they like for instance, Tom Paris, I felt was underserved when he came back. You know, if you're mm. going to bring a legacy character back, and, and 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 Gates McFadden when she was on Prodigy even because she was playing a holodeck character. You know, yeah. I, I like that they gave Kira and Quark something meaningful to do. I'm sorry, I, I interrupted you. Go right ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I totally agree with that. I loved yeah. that it was essentially a DS9 episode that the Lower Decks characters came into. Right. Yeah. I, I thought it was, I really enjoyed it. Mm. Okay. Wait. Uh, Dan says, what about a time-traveling mission to the past of DS9. I'd be all right with that too. Yeah, yep. like Basically, I just want more DS9. Yes. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'll take DS9 any day of the week. Okay. Uh, number five. We're to our top five now. And this is another one that I thought would do strongly, but I didn't think it would make it this high in the chart. DS9 Blood Oath. Oh. The return oh. of Core, Kang, and Koloth. Koloth. Yeah. Holy moly. That was a big deal at the time. Yeah. yeah. Holy. That was great. It was yeah. a great episode, too. Yeah. Yeah. And they, I mean, they reinvented those characters to an extent. They're yeah. all very, yeah. I mean, except for Kang. Kang is pretty much Kang. Kang. But, um, <laughs> are quite different from the way they appeared in the original series. And really, it could have yeah. been any three Klingons. But the fact that they they got those same actors back mm -hmm. and yep. had them be those characters is, is delightful. Because why not? Yeah. But it was also a really important episode for um, for Terry Farrell oh, yeah. because, you know, leading into this part, I mean, this is first season and leading mm -hmm. into this, you know, she's not that much different than any other science officer on a starship. But I think that putting her in connection with these Klingon characters really opened up her character to mm -hmm. a lot of depth and a lot of dimension. And they went from that into lots of other areas with her. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was a big, big turning point for, for Dax. Yeah. yeah. A lot of early Dax episodes are basically writing her like Spock, which didn't yeah. work. She yeah. Fell flat. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, you're right. And I mean, and what would have happened when Worf came along if they hadn't introduced this Klingon thing seasons earlier, you know, and then it right. was a, a natural fit that those two would bounce off each other and they had great chemistry. So, yeah, I agree. Right. It, it, that totally opened her character up. Yeah. yeah. Clarence is one you like? Uh, I'm trying to stretch to remember it. Um, <laughs> it was the one where the Klingon they called the albino had killed the sons of Kang, Kor, and Kola. Mm. And and Dax goes with them because she, as Kirzon, was, um, was basically a, a blood oath Klingon. And then there's this whole, it also has this very interesting thing, which is also, it separates DS9 from other Trek, especially TNG, because basically yeah. the conversation is Dax is about to go do some killing for <laughs> revenge. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of not Star Trek. <laughs> and, I, and I really liked, and they, they comment on that at the end mm -hmm. of the episode, the other mm -hmm. characters just don't know how to even interact with Dax. They're, they yes. don't understand even Kira. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. understand why Dax did what she did. Yeah. yeah. It was like such a great moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other things that I'll be uh, what you're saying about Terry Farrell and, and Charles, because um, Irish Stephen Beer and you know Michael Pillarist them, they talked about the fact that when you said she was like Spock, they talked about the fact that this whole thing with the young woman with the old man's soul basically in her uh, cures on, they said it didn't work. 
It just mm. didn't work. This DAX's advisor to Cisco didn't work. And so they finally said, you know what, let's just keep the name Old Man. And then what they started seeing better was um, DAX. Really, what opened it up was DAX originally playing uh, whatever the game was, Tonga with the, with the Farina. Right. And they started changing her. And they said the day they told Terry Farrell that they were going to kind of drop this old advisor role to Avery Brooks' character, she said, thank you, thank God. Because she (laughs) goes, I don't know how to play this and get anything out of this role. Yeah. And you can tell from watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And in interviews back at that time, so contemporary interviews, Terry Farrell gave every bit of credit to Marina Sirtis and... um, Gates McFadden for constantly, I mean, cause they played caretaker characters on next gen and they were mm. constantly sort of fighting the writers to let us do more, give us something more to do, you know, give nice. us important roles and you get things like face of the enemy and, and unfortunately the, the ghost candle episode. But, <laughs> and so Terry said, if it hadn't been for that, they would not have come up with characters like Kira and Dax for DS nine. Right. Um, Yes. Yeah. Um, let's see. Dan Lecky is pondering whether the uh, albino was a Klingon or a different species. Oh, I'm going to say um, part Klingon. I, th- yeah. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. He like a hybrid kind of thing. Right. right. Um, and Michael Phillips says, does Kirk appearing in uh, Strange New Worlds 4 four times count as a crossover? <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Okay. Well, for not- the for the poll, we aren't counting recastings. Right. So there's a lot of other potential things that we could be talking about, but we sort of like, we have to narrow the list down a little bit. Yeah. So we decided not to include recastings. Yeah. I think but after, yes, it, sorry. I'm going to say, I was going to say after lower decks runs its course, I think we should do an episode on recastings. Cause that's a whole topic. of itself. It is yeah, yeah. very <laughs> much. So and I, I like so that too. idea a lot. Yeah. I think that, right. I agree with that guys. All right, we got 15 minutes, but only got four episodes to go. <laughs> Number seven, we get our second next generation entry with number Sarah. Seven? Not seven, four. Is that four? Well, it's four, number seven. four. Sorry. Sorry. I'm, Sarah. I'm reading the list backwards. Anyway, um, number four is Sarek. Yeah. Sarek is really good. Yeah. I mean, that's really good. It, and it works really well because, you know, Mark Leonard wasn't a main character on the original yeah. series, but he was a very prominent in the fandom, like the lore, you right. know? So bringing him back and it works really well because you don't have, it, it doesn't feel quite as stunt casting as something like Scotty does. It just Agreed. feels like a character who had been a guest appear, a, a guest star on star Trek before, but you really got to sort of, I mean, this, I mean, Sarah could never appear without Spock for instance, you know? So yeah, developing him and, and sort of diving into that character, I think works really well. Plus, you don't have to come up with some contrivance to get him into yeah. the show. He's still alive in this time right. frame. He is still an active ambassador. Yeah. So him showing up on the ship is not unexpected. Yeah. Right. That yeah. episode hits on all cylinders. Go ahead, Clarence. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, for me, I think what was really cool about it is Picard being able to know what was going on with his relationship with Spock. Mm. Yeah. And how that affected him. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting. That scene where he has Sarek in his head and he's going through all the tempestuous Vulcan emotion Mm -hmm. is so amazing. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Yeah. And I think it's more me. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Keith. Go go ahead, Charles. 
I was going to say, I, I think it's more meaningful that it's a Vulcan that we know. So yes. that when you see Sarek roll a tear, I mean, fans at that point had known Sarek all their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, right. that you know that it's it's not just a weird Vulcan, but it's like, it's Sarek crying? Like, that's yeah. a big deal. Go ahead, Keith. I jumped on you when you are No, talking. no, no. It's, um, this, this episode hits on all cylinders because it also, and fans say this now, it has some of the greatest acting you've ever seen from Patrick Stewart Allen, as you were saying, when he yeah. he's doing the he's doing the mind mill, which is also cool because the mind mill is holding across distance. Sarah is in another room doing the negotiations. Mm-hmm. It shows better than some episodes the true closeness between Picard and Dark and Crusher. Because mm-hmm. she's the one who's with him and he's crying and screaming, I love him. He loves his wife and so forth. Um, it, it's just an amazingly powerful episode. And Mark Leonard is really, like you said, Charles, he's kind of the unsung. He's really one of the best actors in Trek history, as far as I'm concerned, because mm-hmm. he just walked onto that set and he just fit. He just fit. It didn't, like I said, it didn't feel like stunt casting. They asked him to do an incredibly tough role. It's got to be hard when you're older to play a character that's degenerating, that's going to die. Mm-hmm. And he just sells it. But that's what makes the episode so special, I think, is Mm -hmm. that Trek really hadn't done anything like that before. They hadn't explored the deterioration of age, like Alzheimer's and dementia and those kind of things. I mean, that's not not outside like a deadly years kind of a situation where they're going to heal in the episode. It was (laughs) something that a character really was old and really was going through. Yeah. I, I just thought it was amazing. Yeah. And then one last quick thing. Even, there's even a quick scene where Picard talks about the indignity of poor Vulcan losing his mental control. And then he talked about his mm. father and how his father degenerated. Because I think he said it to his father. Maybe it was his mother. Uh, and that was a great scene where he looked at Data and he actually he said to Data, do you still want to be one of us? Mm. Because, yeah. you know, Data always wanted to be human. He's like, well, here's part of being human. Do you still want to be this way? Right. David says something to the effect of, even for me, it's possible that in time my parts will start to erode, but it's not quite the same. Right. All right. We got 10 minutes. Yeah. So number three, following on from Sarek, number three is Next Generation Unification. Oh, that, yeah. God. Appearance of Spark. Unification, parts of it are really, really good. Yeah, but... <laughs> But (laughs) (laughs) on the whole, I don't think they delivered spot arriving in the next generation. You know what I mean? The first episode is a tease and then the plot's a little bit wonky, um, but you get some really great scenes with Spock and data and Spock and Picard. And that's really what you're there for. You know? Yeah, I agree. I was, I think everybody was upset back then because Spock showed up in the last scene of the first episode. You're like, what the? Oh, you knew that's what was going to happen. Come on. (laughs) Well, you have found him. What? Yeah. (laughs) And it's important. They had to stop those three ships from invading Vulcan. (laughs) Oh, God, dude. That is literally the lamest plot in probably TNG history. Three, 2,000 Romulans are going to take over. And it makes no sense because uh, what's her face? Uh, what's the name? The commander? Sela. Um, Sela. Mm-hmm. She even says, we'll be here and you can't push us off. I'm like, you, you're talking Vulcans, right? They were right. coming there and they will annihilate you. They're Vulcans. Uh, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's a goofy plot. But Alan, what you were just saying about the mind mill, it actually works because at the end of the two-parter, is literally an awesome scene where Spock says, when, when Kirk was talking about, I'm sorry, Picard talked about how Sarek actually valued his yeah. arguments with Spock. Yeah. And then Spock goes, 
you may know my father more than I did. We never chose to mm. meld. And that last yeah. scene with Picard says, and allow me to know the best of him. And they do the yes. mind meld. Now that's a tear inducing scene. That's yeah. a good scene. Yeah, that's good stuff. And for those of us who lost our fathers as I have, my father died back in 2001. Having a chance to know your parent on that level again, it's just, you know, it's amazing. And then there's all the mm. things you never said to each other. And you know, Spock's right. full of all the regrets that he never said. Yeah. Awesome scene. Yeah. Hey, Clarence, what are your thoughts on that one? Now, I agree with the payoff, the payoff from Sarek, the Sarek mm-hmm. episode. Uh, I wonder if they had that in mind when they initially did that with the mind mill in that episode, mm. that 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 Picard would have this insight all these episodes later. What season was this? Do we know? It's like six. So it's six. like three years later. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I don't think they were thinking about that No, far I don't think they were able to plan that far ahead, but it worked no. out. They used what they had, though, beautifully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sarek think- was uh, season three. Right. And I'm sure Unification was six. Right. But um, this episode really, for me, is saved by that scene with Spock and Data, where Spock says, you know, you've been given by design what Vulcans strive for all their lives. And Data says, well, you've rejected what I've sought all my life. And that's just a great interplay between those characters and really highlights the similarities, but also the differences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was the favorite moment. With all respect, Charles, I disagree. I think the greatest thing is when war for singing opera. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Miloha. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, wait. So, uh, Dan says they take an entire episode to introduce Spock. Even the writers were frustrated by that. I'm, I yeah. don't think it should have played out any way other than that. I think you had to have that build up and your cliffhanger be Spock walking into the scene. I mean, that's just you know, that's just how it's got to go. That's a great cliffhanger. I think they couldn't afford Nimoy for two episodes. <laughs> exactly. They hired him for one episode and they, right. that's exactly what it is. That's all of I'm, I'm with Dan. I watched this back in the day and I was cussing at the TV the whole episode. <laughs> no, <laughs> Where's Spock? No. But you all, I'll be okay. There. Go ahead. Um, Michael Phillips says, yes, I like Sarek better than unification, but any Vulcans in uh, TNG is a good thing since they were so rare. Agreed. Agreed. Even if one yeah. of them was Sela and she, I mean, what, no, what was her name? Um, Sela was a Romulan. No, 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 no. Um, Half Romulan. No, the, the doctor. Oh, uh, Salar. Salar. Yeah. I knew it was something really close. How'd to you that. mix those classes? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to move on. Um, number two. And this is one that I almost didn't include because it's not a recasting, but it's not the actors coming back to play a part. But I knew if I didn't include it, somebody would gripe about it and somebody would add it anyway. And that is Trials and Tribulations from DS9. <laughs> because it's amazing. Because yes. it's amazing. Yes. I taped this off TV and I watched mm-hmm. it, I don't know how many times. It, right. it's, it's fantastic. It's just done so well. And it's just, I mean, it's just perfect. Every Even now, 30 works. years later, you look at it and it looks great. It's like how? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. How, how did they do so that? Good? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is not long after Forrest Gump was like pioneering this technology, <laughs> right? And it could have looked terrible, and they really yes. like they banked hard on this working and made it work, and it's just yeah. fantastic. Even it now, yeah, like you said, you want, look that scene where they're in the lineup, and it's Bashir and O'Brien in the lineup, yeah. and, and it looks like they're there. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, the character who played is it Arn Arn Darvin, right? Mm-hmm. There's Charlie a Phil. there's a, yeah, there's a weird story behind that. Um, so, uh, uh, one of the people associated with Deep Space Nine literally, literally bumped into him in a cafe 
mm-hmm. in Hollywood, and they were yep. kind of sort of thinking about it. He they, he literally happened to bump into the guy, like this incredible serendipity, and he fit into the role. He did such a good job for a role that was kind of sort of funny because he's basically like, you know, it's, it's almost like those bad college movies where they're giving Kirk and <laughs> it works. Everything about that episode works from Dax talking about the old days, the equipment, and then the whole thing where she's in love with Spock to the end where Cisco does the thing with the triples have come back into the universe. Uh, it's just great. Absolutely great episode. And it's funny now that Dax and Mariner had similar reactions to seeing young Spock when they traveled through time. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> right? Elaine says that she's very much looking forward to watching that one. You are going to love it. Yes. Oh, Elaine, I hope we're not spoiling it for you, but yeah, we are. it's a great it's We a great are, but episode. <laughs> don't forget. Um, <laughs> Dan says that yesteryear was almost a crossover episode with uh, Sarek and Surak. Wayne says Worf's dismissal of the original series Klingons was priceless. Yeah. Yes, it was. Oh was yeah, still about talk episode. about that, Wayne. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, he he says we do not discuss that. <laughs> Dan says that, that he watched good. the new 4K fan upscale of Trials and Tribulations, and it nice. looks great. Yes, yeah, awesome. some of those fan upscales have uh, turned out really well. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. And and I think it was awesome to see how much they aggrandize those old scientists, even on DS9. You know, <laughs> right. mm-hmm. yeah. oh. it was far enough removed to where it it really felt impactful that they really yeah. admired these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I gotta get I gotta get one real quick thing in about Trials and Tribulation. Real quick, if you remember, in at the end of the episode, Dax and Cisco were in the cargo container throwing the tribbles out one by one as they scanned them. Yes. Right? because they're trying. Yeah. Now, if you notice, they then flashed to the original filming with William Shatner, where the tribbles keep falling on his head. This is the excuse for it. In real life, the yeah. truth was the crew were throwing yeah. tribbles at Shatner. Be, not just as a joke, but some of them kind of sort of he would get on their nerves. And so <laughs> if you watch the original Trouble with Tribbles, William Shatner looks up kind of what the hell is going on here? The crew was throwing tribbles at him, and that was not in the script. They used yeah. that as an excuse <laughs> to get some buff blows in on Shatner. Wow. But I love that scene where Dax gives the estimation of however many triples there are. And then Spock later says the same thing. And then she yes. looks at, at Cisco and says, yes. <laughs> yeah. I love the that time. K7 is basically the TOS version of DS9. It's a station, yes. a bar. It's just, yeah. it's just perfect. It's perfect. And then, and then the time travel guys say that Kirk was a menace. And then one guy <laughs> talks about the date. He goes, it was a Tuesday. I mean, that was right. Okay. We can go on and on about that episode. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we can. And somebody mentioned those old scientists and guess what comes in at number one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those old scientists. Now, As it should. Well, really? part of it's going to be recency bias because everyone's excited True. about recently watching it. But I will okay. say that that's one of the few, if not the only crossover that works really well as an episode of both shows. You can yeah. watch that. Like if the whole thing was animated, you could watch Boimler interacting with the Strange mm-hmm. New Worlds characters, Captain Pike, and it works great. And it works great just if you've never seen Lower Decks, aside from the weird animation stuff getting at the end, that mm-hmm. just an ensign from the future comes back in time with all this information that really impacts all the story arcs that we watched on the show over the course of the series. So I think yeah. it works really well for both shows. And that's like, like, for instance, Relics, I wouldn't say is a great TOS episode because it's not. Yes. You know, right. But whereas I think that they really threaded the needle with those old scientists. 
Yeah. Clarence on your show, what was the reaction to uh, that episode? Uh, we, we loved it. <laughs> Absolutely. <yeah. laughs> and I think it comes down to, to the just well-written all around and seeing these actors who fortunately enough, they cast the, well, they'll, they're close enough to their drawings or the yeah. animated mm-hmm. versions mm-hmm. to where, although uh, Jack Quay is pretty tall, but they're, they're close enough to where it really works. So, um, yeah, to see him come over and, you know, he didn't make up all these nuances and stuff that Bormler does, but he's having to portray this in live action. Yeah. I I just think the attention to detail and the clever story writing just made it a a special episode. Yeah. And an improvised moment. I'm sure everybody knows this, but he's in... um, He's in the captain's office and he swings his leg over the saddle and he says, Riker, as he does it. <laughs> and Frakes is the director. So he's in the room when, when he does oh. that and Frakes just fell out. Because <laughs> it. it was that a total improv and he didn't expect it at all. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's great. Yeah. The interview when, J- when Jack Quaid was describing that was hilarious, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a blast. And it's great that Star Trek's got to the point where we've got well-established crews in different eras where they can do something like this. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it goes back to what every time we talk about a low, I know Clarence might not like lower decks as much as we do, (laughs) but every time we talk about lower decks, I have to say the same thing every single time. And that is how much I love that show and how much the characters work for me. They're just, they're just great characters. And so I was so thrilled that they got the chance to play them in live action. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. So before we go, does anybody want to throw out um, one that wasn't on the countdown, like one that they remember being, you know, something that they enjoyed? Like we talked about the Pathfinder and the other Barclay episodes in Voyager. Anything else come to mind? I don't know if this counts because so I didn't add it to the list, but I'm going to say Dr. Bashir, I presume, even though it's not the doctor from Voyager, it's Dr. Yeah. Zimmerman. But still very much a crossover with Voyager to me. And I think it works really well. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I mean, it's a really great episode. And I think he was fantastic in it. I might have actually, I don't think I thought of that one. I might have put it on the list had I remembered it, but I didn't, it didn't occur to me. Right. So maybe you should have. (laughs) (laughs) And I will say that there wasn't anything on the list that didn't get at least a vote. Okay. And to my great surprise, even the final episode of Enterprise got a couple of votes. Wow. <laughs> wow. I know. Wow. Shocking. It wasn't you and Keith? No. <laughs> I did no. not vote for it. <laughs> no. Even I have my limits on Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, let me, but go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to add real quick uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 2, which pretty mm-hmm. much is uh, Pike takes over the whole season. So that's oh, yeah. a bit of a crossover. Oh, yeah. And, and also... Uh, emissary, you see uh, Picard in Emissary. True. Uh, mm-hmm. Caretaker, you see Quark in Car- Caretaker as well. Yeah. yeah. And um, there's one more that eludes me. But yeah, yeah, I'll add those to the list. I'll say that that scene with Picard and Cisco was really good. And also, those that scene with Quark and Harry Kim was really good too. Who's yeah. at the Academy warned you about Ferengi? I want their name. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah. And what about Chief O'Brien being on DS9? I know that's that's somewhat of a crossover and it's well, Worf as well. Yeah. The other thing that we were discounting were, were people who became ah. main main cast <laughs> on a, a diff, different show. Gotcha. Yeah. Um so in so that case that, of cross I'm oh, sorry. Um, no, go ahead. 
Uh, in that case, we can talk about the crossover of um, was it was Data on Deep Space Nine for a moment when Bashir was asking about does his hair grow or not? No, but Bashir and was on was on the next. Yeah. Yeah, the DS9 was on TNG. They yes. wasn't on DS9. I guess right. Not- yeah. Right. So yeah. So the Bashir crossover. I thought that was a fascinating right. scene. And Data said no one had ever asked him that question before. Yeah. Something that simple. Does his hair grow? Yeah. I think I forgot to put that on the list. And that's fun because that's a young, early Bashir. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he seems like he's twelve years old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that question is something you think a twelve-year-old would ask. Yeah. Does your hair grow? Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. Clarence, you got any other ones that you can think of that we haven't covered? What we miss? I think that's it for me. Um, okay. Oh, you know what? There is one that I, I'm, I'm shocked didn't get very many and like per, almost no votes. And that is mm-hmm. Picard season one, Nepenthe with Riker oh. and Troy. Mm-hmm. Holy sh- yeah, stuff. That was, great. That was, that was a great, great episode. episode. Yeah. I think if season three hadn't come out, then that I would agree. be more popular. Yeah. I think it was, it's been upstaged since then. Yes. You know, I think it got a better version. <laughs> But it was still such a good episode. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it really was. Right. Yeah, I agree. That's a good one. I, I agree yeah. with that. All right. Well, that was so much fun. And thank you, yeah, everybody, yeah. for commenting. And thank you for the people who voted on the poll. That was a lot of fun. I love doing these polls and these countdown thingies. Yeah, me Let too. me get a just a couple of comments. Um, Dan, like he says, the crossover from the Kelvin verse to the 32nd century of prime timeline and discovery. Okay. I think he's okay. talking about what was that guy's name? Um, the time guy who was, oh, he'll come to me. You go ahead. Okay. Uh, Michael Phillips says Enterprise is underrated, but that final episode is not. That is 100% correct. That's <laughs> agreed. Oh, yeah. Amen. Uh, Dan reminds us that Morn was in Caretaker also. True. Absolutely. Huh? He says that uh, this was a great show. Have a fantastic weekend, everyone. T- see you later, Dan. Thanks for joining Thanks, us. Dan. Appreciate and it. Elaine closes us out by saying it may be a surprise, but I did not vote for the Enterprise finale. I don't <laughs> like it, and the ending sucked. <laughs> there you go. opinion, yes. Elaine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, next week we've got a special presentation. We'll have a we'll we'll still be on eight o'clock Thursday evening on YouTube, and then the following morning on um. On, on the audio podcast, but we won't be able to respond to you because we've pre-recorded a segment. We'll be tied up with Dragon Con. So we pre-recorded a discussion of the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, the animated series. So yeah, everybody, I hope everyone tunes in and likes it. You're still welcome to comment and the comments will show up on, but we just won't be able to reply to them because we're in the past. <laughs> Weird time yes. I'll be very surprised if we reply to you. Um, but so everyone look forward to that next week. And then we'll yeah. be back the week after that with a regular live stream talking about the season premiere of Lower Decks. And so with, this, with this group, I don't think we need to encourage, but anyone who hasn't watched the animated series, please don't let the old animation stuff stop you. It is right. really, really good. Yeah. Um, Matt Sweatman says, see you at Dragon Con. Clarence, okay. are you coming to Dragon Con? No, I have never been to Dragon Con. What? Dude, we got to get you there. Holy cow, man. Yeah, so I hope to make it one day. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You'll have to let us know when you are because we have to meet up. Oh, for sure. We should have like a, a Trek podcast meetup. Yeah. We I'm should do that. We can't do it this year, obviously, because it's seven, <laughs> six days from now. But next year, we should plan that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. So we got to talk, man. We got to get you down there. I know places to eat and all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just let me know I'm there. 
right. All right. Waffle see you next brother. week, then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Waffle House on me, Clarence. <laughs> That's the place you know to eat is Waffle House. <laughs> Not even talk back. Come uh, on, Keith. All right. Well, Clarence, all right. thank you for joining us, man. I, yeah. This is a real pleasure. I appreciate you jumping in with us today. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I'm always astounded by you guys' trick knowledge. So it's always fun <laughs> to be on with you guys. Oh, you're the sweetest. Well, where can so, people find your podcast? Uh, you can find me at discussingtrek.com. Let's go okay. there. Yeah. Awesome. All right. And Alan, where can people find more of you? Well, look for my other two podcasts, which are Doctor Who A to Z. We've got some reviews of recent Big Finish um, 60th anniversary episodes that we have just reviewed. And Modern Musicology. We have a couple of shows coming up that I'm really excited about. I think everybody's going to want to hear. It's going to be great. So look for those. And how about you, Keith? You can find me on X and Instagram and Facebook, <laughs> primarily the ESO Network Facebook groups. I'm never going to get used to that X show. No. On my no. Phone. I'm sorry. No. You can, you can find me at XXX. <laughs> <laughs> because, and I don't think there's a coincidence, that X kind of sort of does remind me of the X that they used to use for movies back in the day. So The, the, the app, mine updated now, and the app looks dirty. <laughs> I feel embarrassed. To look on it. I hope no one's looking. Oh, that's funny. I'm not a nice happy bird anymore. No. All right, Veronica. Where do people find more of you? Um, I am Doppelwoman on Facebook. Um, kind of promoting our more adult uh, theater puppetry content. Mm-hmm. Um, so check it, check me out on Facebook, Double Woman. And I have also been doing a TikTok where I've been talking about Star Trek and showing some cute episodes of my dog and doing some of the weird TikTok filters. <laughs> so Double Woman <laughs> 8 on yep. TikTok if you want to check that out. And where can people find both of us? FeltNerdy.com. Yep. And if you're at Dragon Con, look us up in the app. We're in the app now. Yep. You can search literally for search for Felt Nerdy. There's other things that come up, but put quotes. And then it's just us. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because other people have nerdy in their bio. Yes. Oh, I was the like, word who nerd comes up at Dragon Con. Yes. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> right. And where else? Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. That's right. And you have a closing for us this week. <laughs> Go boldly. Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> no, that'll work. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for participating. Bye. All right. Take Bye. care, everybody. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.